Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. There's no business like show business. In a way, here we go. Hello again, and welcome to the Art and Business of Community Theater, also known as the Monroe Community Players Podcast, featuring the Green Room Groupies. I'm your de facto host, David War. Looking around the green room today, I see... Oh, Robert Yeoman. Ron Roberts. And Brian Burchett-Ross. Yay, he's back. Yay, I'm he back, is back. We, we missed the last two episodes, but we're glad to have you back again today. I'm glad to be back. Hale and Hardy. I'm, I'm Hale. You're Hale? That's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of the last two episodes, of course, uh, those of you who have been listening along know that we've started asking questions after the end of each episode. And two episodes ago, the question was a simple one. What was your first show, first time on stage? And I was so excited, we actually got an answer. Ooh. Mm-hmm. We, one, of our, one of our listeners out there, uh, uh, an honorary groupie, um, did respond on the Facebook page, and we appreciate that. Um, Robert Blanchard, who some of you may remember, his, uh, he said his first experience, of course, were in nativity scenes, things like that with the church. But his first experience with happened to be with us in Monroe Community Players in the oft-referred-to and possibly cursed production of Macbeth. Oh. Which now we just further cursed ourselves because we're not in production of that now, so I guess we better go get, get it started. Absolutely. <laughs> um, he, but he, apparently he was a teenager at the time, if I remember correctly, and uh, the fire department showing up halfway through Act 2. Well, was that Act 2? Act yes. 3. Um, was certainly something that imprinted well with him. So thank you, hmm. Robert, for your response. I will get you a mug finally. Uh, for <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, you might need to auction that off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just yeah. got our water bill, folks. So. <laughs> Apparently, even when you're not using makeup, it costs a lot of money. Um, but so so thank you so much, Robert, for your, your comment. And everybody, this just a reminder that we'll be asking a question, of course, again at the end of this episode. Um, and we do look forward to seeing those responses and um, finding out what your thoughts are on things. Um, uh, the current question that is still out there for the, well, it doesn't matter because by the time we get to this, that question will be passed. So <laughs> never mind. It's not as if we're actually live on air. Um, thank you. So a uh, couple things. We, we call ourselves the art and business community theater, but it seems to me the last few episodes we've been talking a lot more about the art or things surrounding the theater, but we haven't really talked deep into the business side of it. Mm-hmm. I believe everyone in this room at one time or another has probably produced a show and or directed a show. By accident, but or, yes. Or, or, clo- <laughs> or by association or close nearby. Um, <laughs> one of you at least has, been, has experience of being a treasurer for our group. Oh, that's me. A job that I've also held on occasion. And one of the things that we always get into is budgets for shows. Um, and we've never really talked on the air. On the air. I keep pretending we're in you know, broadcasting from Nothing the Golden Tower the, or the Fisher Building or something. Well, <laughs> that's a lot of pretending. <laughs> but, but we're, uh, and that's a reference to our one of our local, I shouldn't say local, but one of our regional um Radio shows, uh, radio shows, radio stations. stations WJR, the great, the voice, old blow the great lakes. Um, used to be. Uh, they don't really broadcast like they did in the past. I don't think you have those clear channel stations as much anymore, do we? I don't know. I, WJR still belts it out pretty far. I think you can get it all the way to Cleveland still. Good for them. <laughs> 
probably even probably crossover with whatever comes out of Chicago too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we digress. Uh, so one of the things with uh, budgets is is people forget how expensive it is just to put on a show. I happen to pull up a budget, for example, from uh, Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I believe, Bob, this is a production you directed a few years ago. Yes, yes, it is. I claim full responsibility. <laughs> um, and even just looking at the numbers then, um, I'm going to say, how long ago was that? I want to say about seven years. Seven years, almost a decade ago. That show which is not a difficult musical to put on in terms of technique or, um, you know, the biggest expense, I think, is the coat, uh, which we did end up renting, the orchestra, uh, things like that. But that show cost us almost $25,000. I believe that. I totally believe it. When you throw in the royalties and you got one royalty for the script, the libretto, another royalty for the musical score mm-hmm. and paying musicians mm. and extra rehearsals due to extenuating circumstances it adds up quick yes and and so even today you know like I say a decade later it probably cost us thirty thousand dollars to do that show today um when i think about uh, mary poppins you know that we did for about twenty thousand, that was that was a shoestring budget for a, a show of that size. Um, but what's interesting then? So this is how the show has an effect. Then, of course, on ticket prices, and I think there's always been kind of a div- uh, disagreement. And maybe for those of you who are, are have other groups out there that may be listening, maybe not with your groups, but within ours, it's it's we sometimes never figure out. We try to set ticket prices before we set show prices or show budgets um and i would think in a perfect world you would sit down have your season all planned out you would have the budgets for each show and then you would sit down and say now how many people can we expect for each show divide it out and say here's what the ticket price is in that perfect world though unless you're getting five or six hundred people at each show you probably ended up with a two or three hundred dollar ticket, um, which they can get away with on Broadway, mm-hmm. um, but they, but we certainly could not get away here. Um, I know one of the, in my opinion, one of the mistakes we often make is we tend to look at the ticket price as somehow being separated from the actual show cost. Um, so, for example, right now, through no really rhyme or reason, our tickets are ten dollars. And that the main reason on that was because we sat down, looked at our rent and our other utilities, and said if we can do 100 people a month, you know, get a thousand dollars, we could probably keep paying the rent and paying for the other utilities plus whatever we'd have to bring in through sponsorship and advertising. Um, because one of the re- other realities is any community theater group, especially that is relying just on tickets to make their budgets, isn't going to get very far. Um, you know the tickets may are are always a significant part of any group's budget, but it certainly is isn't the whole picture uh, for a group that needs to thrive. You need to have those sponsorships. You need those grants. And you no know, community players. If I was, we have a weak point. That that is our weak point. Frankly, um, I don't. And I think I would find if you go talk to any other group, they're going to say maybe not a weak point, but that's probably their biggest struggle is getting the people to. You know, the advertisers and the sponsors and things like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have those that you can always rely on. But how do you keep 
developing that um, because you know again you got to bring in a certain amount of people to make it worth the bang for the the sponsor's buck as well um, but then if we look at the individual show then so what kind of things go into uh, a show and I think I this was to me kind of interesting so outside of so using Joseph as an example and the expenses outside of the music rental which was actually the second highest expense what do you think our business biggest expense for a show is house rental yep house uh, rental yep for it for us when we rent outside of a group now for a group that owns their own theater that may not be the case mm-hmm. um certainly part of our strategy of having a, a space that we can both store things in have meetings in and performing that's part of it you know becomes hopefully part of the background operating cost but house rental for us because we were doing this at, at the college um the next one though may be a little more shocking and this is a musical remember and remember this is two weekends yeah um, but well, what do you think the next one is liquor no okay <laughs> you wish <laughs> uh, uh i'm gonna say it's the orchestra no, well, that was actually a, that one. That, that, yes, that is second, but I was saying excluding the orchestra. Oh, oh salaries. okay. My apologies. Um, these, these are the non-salary cost. Okay. Uh, you got your advertising. Mm-hmm. Printing. You're getting closer. Tickets. No. Okay. Well, uh, royalties. <laughs> oh. Right. Oh, okay. royalties. Oh, oh, that little Flat thing. That's royalties. a trick question. Oh. Yeah, but, yeah, the cost of the music itself um, was $4,400 in this case. The royalties, which are separate from the music, as Bob had pointed out earlier, were almost 3000 So, roughly, then you're talking $7,500 to just be able to, to say you're going to do the show. Before you even, before you actually, well, actually, this is actually, we're already over um, because of the music based on uh, an eight piece orchestra. No, I'm sorry, that was, I'm going to back up. That's the cost of the orchestra itself was was probably was the number two at the $5,400. Okay. But that could be managed. You stretch it up and down. Right. Um, But, but yeah, so 7,000. Almost eight thousand there. Yeah, you're at almost eight thousand dollars before you even cast show. Cast in show. all honesty, and I think that's one of the things people need to to understand is, you know, you can have these great ideas that oh, we want to do this show, we want to do this show, but just the the price of admission for the group to do the show. This isn't even a cast. This isn't doing anything but saying, we would like to do this show. Can we please? And the clearinghouse gives you the rights, and that's how much it costs. Yep. And then on top of that, in the case of the musical, and this is common practice with the, 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 the royalty houses, you also purchase and or rent the scripts. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, with the musical, it's usually a rental, and that was almost $1,000, $768.50. And then there's a deposit, of course, because you're supposed to return those rentals. So that's another $400. But in theory, that comes back to you. But it doesn't always because, and cast members, <laughs> you keep being told to return them. But they, you know, some they want know. to keep that souvenirs, or or they'll pay whatever our replacement cost is. But at some point, it becomes an expense to the group. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then now we're finally getting just that. That's just to get the show up and going. Now we're getting into what I would call the more soft cost. Um, the hard cost being here's what you absolutely have to have to mm-hmm. get started. Yep. Right. Um, and and like I say, we're when you add the orchestra and everything in, we're at what eight. Well, you know, we're almost at fifteen thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And like I say today, depending on the size of your house, because your royalties are subject to the size of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, remember, way back when we did *Be the Beast*, we said we, we we agreed to limit the ticket sales to keep our royalties down. Well, if you have a five hundred seat theater, you're going to pay more than you have a hundred seat theater. But if you're doing a musical, you probably don't want to do it in a hundred seat auditorium because those are more popular in general with audiences, so you, you hate to limit your audience that way mm-hmm. um, because, frankly, you may not be able to recruit the expense unless you have a certain size audience. Yeah. Musicals are tricky things. Yeah. Um, but then, then we had other things. We, at this time, had allocated almost $2,000 to publicity. There's another cost that people don't think about, and that includes, you know, posters and flyers, which I think can get us into a discussion now is, are those even worth it anymore? Um, we, I, I will admit, we have some folks in our group that think, absolutely, if you don't have flyers, you need posters. I'm one of the ones that's like, I think social media is much more valuable to you, um, and frankly, cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what you guys think on that. Um, I, I think you just, cut, just out. cut out, Brian. Do your voodoo. We'll keep talking. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, vamping. As far as publicity goes, I think there's several places now. I know that, uh, for example, one of the banks in town, Monroe Bank and Trust, used to be one of our big. We could always put flyers up and whatnot. First Merchant, now that they merge, does not do that. So a lot of businesses now, in a way to keep things clean, in a way to keep things more uniform, they don't even let you put up playbills or, or, or any type of thing. It's a corporate mentality. Right. It, so know, if they deny one, they have to deny them all, and it's easy for them just to deny them all. And with the advent of social media, which I think it's interesting, this is what, maybe seven, maybe eight years ago, it was out there, but not to the extent that it is now. Um, yeah, I think as a group of any type of organization, if you're not using social media in some aspect, you're going to fall behind. And to that extent, I think it's also difficult if you have not been using it yes. to kind of catch up. Mm-hmm. Because that train may have already gone, and the people that you want to reach, they may not they may not even pay attention to that now because they've moved on to other you know, avenues and other um, uh, forms of entertainment. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and you know, ironically, for example, we're talking about on a podcast right now. We're saying, you know, gee, do we into the podcast game too late? Uh, we'll never know. <laughs> uh, but you know, I would almost say, well, given that there's you know, somewhere between 80 and 100 million podcasts out there, possibly. But most, of course, don't have the sticking power. Um, and, and that is a difference. Uh, yeah, I'm good. yeah, you're back. No, I thought. You, did you not have a point to make about the the flyers and the, oh, and the posters? I, no, I I agree with what you're all saying, but I do I do think that uh, the posters and flyers still. I know uh, for Twilight of the Golds, I know of two couples that came and watched this show because they were mall walking because our our place is in the mall and we had those big posters up in the windows and they were mall walking they saw it and they were interested and they came and saw the show so do we need to be you know 
getting thousands of flyers and posters and throwing them out there anymore? No. But it's still not a bad idea to have them, you know, strategically placed. Well, and I think that's that's the clue right there, strategically placed. <laughs> if you're in a small town, I think it's easier for you because you've got mostly local, as Bob was talking about, you you don't have the big necessary mega business or you know, regional banks or whatever. You have local business owners, some of whom may be in the show, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that, that want to promote the, promote things uh, through their town. But I think, you know, foot traffic is also a big thing, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Monroe is, is a relatively vibrant downtown for a relatively small town. Uh, give me a look, but... There's there's businesses. I, I'm not looking through seeing lots of empty storefronts. There's businesses, mm-hmm. But a lot of the businesses are such that they don't depend on foot traffic. Your lawyers, your doctor's offices, your, yeah. um, again, the bank. Title companies. It isn't so much for customers coming in and go. It's, it's employees are in there doing the, the background accounting, whatever they do in banks. <laughs> <laughs> they're out there ruling the world. As long as they're giving me my money, I don't care what they do. But you know, there's there's businesses downtown, but they aren't necessarily saying come on in. Right. So again, if they don't let you put it in the window and you don't have people walking by, um, to your example, it was because people walked by and saw it. Right. It was, so you want to be someplace where posters will be seen. Mm-hmm. You know, grocery stores used to have the old bulletin boards that were always too filled with stuff that um, yeah. Food as, as you came in. Highlight you, you still does that. that. Yeah. There's still a community. I put one up there. Shout out to Highlight. Thank you so much. Uh, also, at there's they've always let us put posters up at Belinda's place. Um which names exclude River's Edge. Thank you. Beautiful River's Edge beats on downtown Dundee. Shout I out can't to River's speak, Edge. so I'm just going to I'm just going to enjoy my frappe. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just going to watch you. <laughs> um, but no, absolutely. Um, so, so but, but I think the days, like you say, of printing 700 flyers and saying, everybody, go distribute them. I just don't think that. that no. no. I think you got to be strategic. You got to say, where is this going? Yeah. And the, a while ago, we did purchase a little workhorse of a printer for the computer. The only problem is it sucks ink like crazy. Almost like someone drinking a wonderful frappe from Tim Hortons, <laughs> who is also a sponsor. Shout out to Thank Tim Hortons. Are they sponsors? No, there were no. That's how we would. We don't. We just. I just. Buy, we like that. I just buy you guys drinks so you can come and in play the with hope. Me. However, if you're interested, if you're interested, you know, Mr. Horton, <laughs> please please contact us. Can we call you Tim? <laughs> We've got to drive up to Canada high. now. I don't think he ever existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a real player. Oh, yeah, real was, oh okay. Player. They're they're part of uh, Burger King now. Or Burger King bought Tim Hortons. Really? Yeah. Then they moved their world headquarters to Canada. We're still talking about business, folks, so we're good. (laughs) It's true. So Burger King is headquartered in Miami, is my understanding. Oh. Tim Hortons is, I don't know, probably Toronto. Yeah, Um, it's Canada. But but so the new corporation, because of tax liabilities and stuff, they decided to move to Canada. Hmm. Whatever the holding company is called. But Hmm. Burger King and Tim Hortons... This is probably about as far off tangent as we could get, but I pay some attention to the food industry. Um, 
because I, I like to eat. But <laughs> um, and Burger King, you know, we're open to sponsorship from you too. We, we'd like to have it our way. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and River's Edge too, by the way. The rumor was because they wanted Tim Hortons coffee. Because if they could sell that in the Burger Kings, ah. that took oh. care of some issues for them as well from their coffee side. Sure. Because Tim Hortons has, I think, a good tasting coffee. Oh, they have very good tasting yes. coffee. Yes. Uh, we we really coffee, like it. It's not, it's, it's we not. love you, Tim. Yeah. Don't know if you're still here or not. I, I don't think he is. Maybe we can get Dunkin' Donuts and Tim Hortons to be in some sort of battle war for sponsorship. Huh? Oh, boy. Dunkin' Donuts has good coffee, too. They do. They do have very good America coffee. America runs on Dunkin'. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the odd man out again. I, I don't, don't really don't care. care for Dunkin'? No. Well, why don't we just uh, go after Starbucks as well, because, you know. Oh, yeah. Why not? Burnt coffee. That's I, all it is. I, they pass it I, off as premium. No, it's burnt. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'd like to apologize. <laughs> Well, get the list out. This this comes under opinion. This is true. In the my opinion. Views expressed are explicitly by Bob Yeoman do not reflect those. I will say I, I do like Starbucks. However, I don't really drink their coffee. coffee. I drink their like uh, their mocha, milkshakes. Their milkshake stuff. Coffee. Yeah, with a little coffee flavor in it. I, yeah. And those. And then they have this wonderful dragon fruit with a, it's like a, Anyway, let's go back to what we're talking about, sir. No, I'm I'm fine. You know, I'm good with that. I was going to say I like the chai tea at uh, uh, Panera too. So. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'll go with that. One. And folks, and this is how budgets get out of hand. <laughs> exactly. Why you, talk you about track. the real thing? Let's get off track. <laughs> but but we are known for the tangent verse. We are the we are the tangent verse. Yes. We are. Um, and oddly enough, in our budget, we had to not have refreshments. <sighs> Listed at all. <laughs> really? really? Missed opportunity. Missed opportunities. Um, but the, uh, uh, you know, then on top of it, we had certain expenses with the college um, obligations yes. with, for security, custodial, uh, tech assistance, things like that. Um, we had a budget for t shirts, mm. which again, <laughs> Is one of those things. It's like the, as an expense. However, we also had an income line to offset that. True. We haven't even talked about revenue yet. Um, in in t-shirts, if we can go into another tangent. Absolutely. So those of you who may have been paying attention to my personal Instagram, uh, at I Dave, have at Dave Ward D A D E W A H R. It's almost like he's promoting something <laughs> myself. <laughs> I've been showing off all the T-shirts that I own because I literally, I think I have enough to wear for two years before I repeat. Wow. Um, I need more closet space, and I've been trying to figure out how to get rid of them. But anyway, a lot of what I'm into now are my T-shirt collection from, actually right now I'm working through my Community Theater Association of Michigan Convention ones. Mm Mm-hmm. So you're wearing one today. I'm wearing Uh wearing one from ActFest, which we hosted back in 1999, I believe. And you just just premiered the the 1950s celebration one that you you were doing. I I pay attention. I I pay very close attention to you. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) But but some people feel that you need a T-shirt to promote shows or a souvenir of T-shirts for shows. And and I part of me is like I get the idea of a show shirt. People like to have that, but if you think that people are going to use it to promote a show, then you need to get that T-shirt out to them months before the show actually runs. And it may mm-hmm. not be your cast mm-hmm. because people are if you know if you're giving a T-shirt out and say hey go wear this and it's November. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you know some of you folks are living places where you wear T-shirts all year long, but. 
in November, I'm probably wearing a jacket or a sweater or something, and you're not seeing the T-shirt that you just made. I, I think if you're considering that part of your publicity strategy, I, I personally would think again. Yeah. Know your weather. Yeah, well, and the audience. Well, yes. Yeah. And you know, some people say I'm not wearing a T-shirt ever. Some people do, and some people end up, you know, 40 years later saying, "My God, why do I have all these pieces <laughs> of cloth sitting in my closet?" The story, the the Tribbles has new resonance with your story. Yeah, they just they just uh, tumble out. Tumble. Out. Oh yes, yes. Oh yeah. Okay. But anyway, so, but we were spending four hundred dollars on T-shirts, expecting to make almost five. So we were also using it. Uh, Oddly enough, it's a way to make a little money. Probably because the T-shirts would cost us something like ten dollars to make. We figure we sell them. We aren't going to sell them to the cast at lower price than what we're going to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, we make a couple bucks just, just that way. So I think that's something to consider, though. Our, you know, our T-shirts part of your publicity game too. Even though we're talking about budgets, I think right. when you're coming up with your publicity budget, you got to look at all of those different angles. And also, you're promoting the show. Granted. But you're also promoting the group. The group. Mm-hmm. And that's not sneezable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it may, if, if people will wear them. Uh, if people will wear them, yeah. But again. Yeah. Personally, I would like to have embroidered polo shirts. Mm-hmm. Those I would use more. Mm. But that's just me. We used to have them. I know, I have one. Okay. But I it have, got stained. I think I've got one too. Oh. So it's time to get more shirts to just say Monroe Community Players. Okay, I've got tons of... I haven't even got into my embroidered polo shirt collection. <laughs> the podcast has been taken over by the t-shirt faction. <laughs> um, other things that people may not consider about, think about when they're doing their budgets, makeup. Are you providing makeup or is your cast providing their own? Um, we as a group had for years provided the makeup but i think for sanitation and health reasons as much as anything we, we've kind of moving away from that and mm-hmm. in which case then be ready to recommend to your cast some of who may have no makeup experience at all and you know uh at the risk of sounding uh i don't know what the term would be patronizing you know sexist wow <laughs> it's probably gonna be your guys that don't have any idea how to put on their lip gloss which you don't use gloss, by the way. You make sure it's flat so it doesn't reflect I know the you light. Do. <laughs> you're, you're good with makeup. Bob, Bob, is, Bob, Bob is, is actually very good with Bob makeup. Bob is a pro with makeup. Yeah. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I will, I, yeah. um, Bob and is, it's all acting, of course. <laughs> Specialty makeup, especially. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. If we're giving you a fake plastic chest, don't hide it underneath the shirt. Let's see it. Sell the merchandise, yes. That makeup or costuming? That was a little bit of both. This we're referring to um, Beauty and the Beast, or our beast. We got a plastic chest making him huge, heroic stature. Mm. He was already well-built, man. And then they covered, the costumers covered it up, literally saying, yeah, but his chest is showing. Uh, hello. <laughs> it's like we just spent thirty bucks to get that. Open the shirt. He's a beast, and it's a plastic thing. Okay. Did you? Anyways. Did you people not see Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan? <laughs> That's <laughs> false. That was really. Was that him? That really was him. One hundred percent grade A Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> Rich Corinthian leather, <laughs> Rich right there, Corinthian baby. Leather, yeah. 
right, we miss you. We miss you, Ricardo. Miss you. Um, yeah, I did not know that. I thought it was a chess piece. That they yes, used. so did I. And then I found out, no, and I lost 20 bucks. I am so sorry. That's okay. It's not your fault. No, but I'll blame you. Sure. <laughs> Anywho. Of course, my proof Please we really have that. I don't know. <laughs> Welcome to Fantasy Island. <laughs> the plane, the plane. The residuals, the residuals. We had my residuals. Uh, program cost. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That was an oops. I, can, I remember this distinctly. We had our first weekend with Joseph, which was wonderful. We went through all the programs that we had, half the programs that we had. And then the next weekend, we came up. And we needed more, and they printed more of the full color when we wanted just the black and white insert with gas names. Mm. And so that was an extra 400 bucks we did not plan for. Yeah. Um, this has a thousand, but okay. <coughs> well, no, there's two weekends involved in there. Well, mm-hmm. but programs was budgeted at 500, spent 1500, so that was an extra thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, programs than we anticipated. That's just what I have in front of me from that's true no um, but again program cost that's where your sponsorships and everything your ads and the programs can help offset that in mm-hmm. fact sometimes if you do ads properly in the programs it can help offset your entire season yes mm. um, and not not just the show because typically I don't know how many if you're just starting your own theater group and never done this before you sell the program ads for the entire season you don't just do it for one show Right. Um, it should be the way you do it. It should be the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's the way it's supposed to be done. <laughs> if, if but do what you have to do, folks. Um, we had to rent a truck to move sets back and forth, so that was three hundred dollars. Um, people, I think, often forget things like this, but PayPal credit card fees. Yep. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. are expenses. You know that because you may ticket maybe twenty five dollars, but as soon as you run it through that machine, uh, credit card machine. Somebody's taking another two, three, twenty percent. I don't know how much the percentage. Take one is. point something. Yeah, or other. So, so that's something to keep in mind. Uh, printing tickets itself, um, and most of these were relatively small expenses uh, for us. Um, but those are the kind of things that you just got to think about. Um, it's not just the royalties. It's not just the scripts. You know, what are you doing to make this show a pleasant experience for everybody? And we haven't even discussed things like, are the, does your show have special effects? Mm. Uh, does your show need props that you may have to purchase? Um, in my opinion, for example, Mineral Community Players, we have so much stuff, we should never be buying another prop again because mm. I bet you it's <laughs> in a tub somewhere. That we just don't remember where. Well, we, did, we didn't have a... Yeah, uh, I know. We didn't have a um, DNA statue. Right. But that's where, again, you get into where can I beg, borrow, or yeah. not steal, beg or borrow it. <laughs> or get a sponsor. Or get a, get a sponsor <clears throat> to do that. Um, we talk about makeup, costumes. In this case, you know, costuming, we, we rented the coat. Thank you very much, Gross Point Theater. Uh, the program's headshots, which, were, which we did not actually do at this time, but we thought that'd be a nice thing to put in the lobby. A lot of groups do that so they could see who the cast are and who to match up the pictures with the cast ahead of times or put that into the program. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about, those were the main things. There's always, you, you, there's always a little miscellaneous, but in theory, that's something you don't budget for 
that that's the extra that comes afterwards that you didn't count on maybe it's more copy paper for the copy or something and then you also then with your budget you get into the expense the argument of what should be charged to a show what should not be charged to a show mm-hmm. yeah. so for example tickets are are sometimes pro- or program cost you know how much is that part of the expense of the show versus is that part of the general um, and then also it's all the theory of it's all one checkbook yeah well, and then so on the income side, um, that's where we got you know ticket sales regular. When we were doing season tickets, and I'd love to hear from groups how many people are still doing season tickets, um, we would allocate a percentage of the season ticket to each show. Mm-hmm. Um, program ads, grants and donations, um, sponsorships, other deposits, things that came back to the, the bottom line. Uh, t-shirt sales that came back to us and then of course we at that time were also charging a participation fee to everybody to be in a show Um, some of that is for our liability purposes to make sure there was no question that they were indeed a volunteer with us that that, so they were covered by insurance though the the term volunteer is pretty broad so so in theory what you want is for that revenue side to always be greater than that expense side. Sure. And I had been to a conference once where they said, basically, you want to make 150% on any given show. So not only the cost of the show back, but another 50% on top of that. So for this show, which we anticipated being $20,000, in theory, we wanted to bring in $30,000. We fell short of that. <laughs> Um, Bell being an operative. Well, we made money. Yeah. This was this, I remember, was a very successful show for us in terms of tennis and everything um, because we we ended up making about $2,300 on it. So, again, a lot of effort for what, frankly, was a couple months' rent. Yeah. Um, So, but that's the kind of thing that every group is, especially these nonprofit groups, are struggling with. you know, and so with those of you who are listeners that don't aren't involved with theaters, this is why your ticket prices may seem high. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, well, why are you charging you know twenty bucks to go see a kids show? Well, one you probably aren't, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but again, it, it, but if something for you know like a Little Mermaid or some Disney show, mm-hmm. um, or, or Phantom Toll Booth or whatever it may be. You're just trying to cover your your cost. Your cost yeah. um, but like I say, in theory, if you're going to be a growing, expanding group, you need to bring in more than you're expending. It's one, to keep paying things like the rent, because these are not the operating cost of the group. This is just to cover the, show. the show. Sure. And then so you need that. So I would almost say these days, I don't know, if you own your own place, I bet you you need to bring in 200%. Oh, at least. Um, just because you've got upkeep um, $2,000 water bills. <laughs> uh, you know, but, but you know, one new roof, uh, and which may not be covered by insurance because it just, you aged out of it. Um, you know, you, you've got to have that money in the, in the bank. Um, you know, banks, I, well, and I do not know this from the experience, and though we've always, our, any banks we've worked with have always been wonderful. Uh, but the reality is, if you're going to try to put a mortgage on a place, they got to see some value in that as well. Um, and so I think your goal as a group is to have as few loans as possible against you. Mm-hmm. 
but that's again, and I think that's because I'm a fiscal conservative that way, except with my own personal funds, which apparently. But also, <laughs> make it rain. He played Daddy Warbucks, folks. He's not. Yeah, Daddy Warbucks. I think the one thing our group can be proud of is if when, if and when we do have a loan out, it's repaid on time and quickly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's something to be proud of. Absolutely. Now and. What we're talking about here, our music, what we've been talking about as a musical witch is massively different than a what we call a straight show, a comedy or a drama. Um, those are relatively cheaper. Those are generally cheaper. The, the royalties aren't as high. You don't have rental cost on the um, music. You, you're not hiring an orchestra necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a choreographer, by the way, we forgot we paid a choreographer in this case. Um, you know, so um, you may still be paying a director depending on your own group's um, activities. A lot, a lot of groups give you know if the technical staff and the artistic staff some sort of stipend. Um, but yeah, but you're still going to have things like set cons- sets, props, mm-hmm. programs, makeup. But probably scale it down. Um, the reality is, is as wonderful as we think a lot of these shows are. Um, for example, something like Charlie's Aunt. Um, oh my goodness! It's, it's probably that. not gonna. It's probably not gonna bring in, you know, the two thousand people that uh, Joseph does. Right. Mm-hmm. That, and that was a dinner theater. Yes, ours was a dinner theater. Mm-hmm. And Charlie's Aunt, for those of you who don't know, was made into a musical called "Where's Charlie?" I think. Yeah. Not "Where's Charlie." Is that right? That sounds right. You're a good man, Charlie? No. <laughs> the song, uh, Amy, Falling in Love with Amy, comes from it. It's about the only song anywhere. Once in Love with Amy. Very oh, bold. Once in Love with Amy. Always in Love with Amy. Yeah, okay. Da, 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 da. I think it's the only music that I remember the from that whole number. No, vaguely, that is the entire that. show. <clears throat> so basically what we're saying here, folks, is skip the musical. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's frankly been an argument in our group. Mm. Yeah. You know, is it worth doing the musical? Um, currently, our strategy is smaller shows that that are more cost effective, but still bring in people, um, and and then hopefully we can build back up to doing the bigger musicals again. Yeah. And and, and I, I think you said it. Um, you said it several times. Since I've been back, and I don't want to step on Ron's toes by by repeating this because I know you're the sports dude in this in this, but you know you, you shoot for the singles and the doubles, and yep. and you know maybe if you're lucky a triple, um, but save those home runs for when you got the the backing to be able to pull one off. Yeah. And now, and having said that, there are plenty of smaller theaters even in our town, uh, Spotlight, that do musicals, mm-hmm. and and they do them well. Small space. So, and this might be more, not necessarily a budget question, it might be more of a aesthetic question, but <clears throat> as a non-musical person, what if you didn't hire an orchestra? And what if you got a community band or a high school group? And I know you pay, you get what you pay for, I totally understand that. But is that something that's viable for a group Absolutely. to save a, a large amount of money absolutely now in our community i would think the standard has been to pay for so long 
that it, it would be difficult to break that. However, we have done that in the past where we have basically brought in volunteers for the music as well because frankly the rest of us are not getting paid either mm-hmm. um, and there, I think you can make a good argument well if the director is not getting paid why is anybody else the difference is that you're not going to get the professional musician um, but again we're all amateurs what's the di- you know right and, um, and and I think the harder part is the music director right yes Boy, those music directors. Um, the and and to be totally honest, I I could probably think of two different times where I've known of, and I don't think it was Monroe. I think it was a couple other places in Michigan that I went to see, and they paid their their orchestra or their band, and they weren't that good. That good. And I'm like, you paid for that? Yep. I don't get it. Yeah, and I, I've seen productions too where you can tell that. The orchestra's been paid because it's they're going to get their stuff in, and you just as as the actors you better catch up because yeah. we're not going to slow down for you. Yeah. You need to speed up for us. Well, and again, that's the difference between I think a good music director and and a ba- and that's where I say the music director is more difficult. Not necessarily that you have to pay them, but you need a certain skill set mm-hmm. I think to be a good music director. Yes. Um, now, now, now you could argue well you need a skill set to be a good choreographer. You need a skill set to be a good director. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what's the difference there? But I know uh, uh, when I started uh, doing real doing theater was in high school, and I will have to say I'm going to give a shout out to this guy John Tyner, who was the music director oh. at that time, um, and him and uh, Mark Hazley, who was our th- you know theater director, our, our director. Boy, those two worked well together, and and John was one of those, and I I know it for a fact because my very first show was You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, and I couldn't. There was one song that I could not get. In the, and what did John do? He made sure that everybody slowed it and worked it so that I could get out what I had to get out. And that's that's what you need. You know, like you said, that's a skill set. Yeah. That's totally different. than. Well, and, and sometimes, um, yeah, because I've, I've been, believe it or not, I have been yelled at by music directors. No. Yes. I Bob, did. Bob, is this true? <laughs> it was bricks. <laughs> a, a, a talent like mine. <laughs> Two of them. <sighs> Happens to anybody. Uh, I know it wasn't a nanny. No, it wasn't a nanny. But I, I can I tell you the two shows. One is um, uh, was uh, Bye Bye Birdie. And I can't remember the young man who was the director at the time. I probably shouldn't mention Josh something. But, but not Josh Glover. Wasn't, no, it, but he was good. It was a different Josh. He's good. But it was Monroe? Yeah. I was in Bye Bye Birdie. Number one, I don't remember the music director. Number two, I don't remember you. He had Curly. He was Mr. McAfee. It was McAfee. See, I told them they should have cast me. <laughs> I, <laughs> I shall have my revenge, I said to return then. Oh, it's worse than that. He told me you should have cast him. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow, wow. And that's not the only show, but we won't go there. <laughs> but the but the but no, I apparently I couldn't get the one note. And um he said, This is your note. And so I tried to match it. Well, he was playing a G over high C now or something. Remember. And it's like, Oh, but I can't sing that high. You this is your note. I do and, remember that. And yes. so I was trying to squeak out this note, and he did not have the force. I'd say, anywhere in the octave will be fine. No. Um, so, so, but he let me suffer, and it's like, gee, you know, uh, clearly I, I'm not. 
I, I'm not a, I, I am a trained singer now, but I'm not, you know, the greatest singer in the world. But, but pa- frankly, Pavarotti couldn't hit this note either. <laughs> Beverly several Sills dogs. might be able to. I mean, it was, some, some dogs come. So, um, several dogs the other, are going. The other one was in another say? production uh, where basically it was like night before dress. And it's like, no, you never get that. And it was just a different show. But you never get that right. This is where you come in. It's like, why are you telling me this now? <laughs> couldn't we have rehearsed There's this? Oh, I don't know. Three weeks ago, yeah. When yeah. I learned the music, you know, if the I've been singing it wrong learn- all along, why you don't correct your actor on the dress rehearsal? The things you learn the night of final dress or the first performance. I never liked the way you've done that. <laughs> really, you're a director. It's supposed to be you tell me this before this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this this files under what the hell is wrong with directors? Mm. So it goes with music music directors. directors yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is therapy for us. <laughs> yes, it is. And the last ten minutes is just therapy, folks. <laughs> and and we you know I'm surprised we don't hear from more people who recognize themselves in this. <laughs> so why aren't you listening? <laughs> yeah, listen so you can get mad, please. Get mad at <laughs> and also just sign the brick. Just so we know. <laughs> yeah, just so we know who you are. <laughs> but no, um, but, but all good experiences. And again, um, um, it, that, that kind of goes to the stress of putting a show together last minute because everybody wants to make it the best. Sure. Um, putting yeah. it together bit by bit. But when you're dealing, with, when you're dealing with amateurs, you got to give us a slack sometime and tell us when we make the mistake the first time, not the 108th time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then there comes that moment. Uh, and maybe this is just the way I do it, but you can tell an actor, no, I, I really kind of want this, I kind of want this, kind of want this, and then they'll do it, they'll do it, they'll do it, and then they'll forget, and they won't do it, do it, do it, and, and then you get that moment where you go, is this really the, yeah, is this the hill I want to die on? Just do it, do it however you want to do it. Yeah, and, and, and you notice I didn't mention the times I've yelled at. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a clipboard being thrown. No, that, <laughs> that must have been. Well, it wasn't oh, no. at a, I never would throw it at a person. I may have thrown it on the ground. I've thrown a clipboard on the ground. That was probably me. That was like the worst. Yeah. Wow, you just really brought up a horribly bad memory, Bob. Thanks. Oh wow. <laughs> Tune in next time for a very special episode. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Now I'm just old and stupid. Yeah, but well, you know that's called you experience. Can't fix what is, you can't fix stupid. That's all there's to it. Nope. I think as a director, I've I, uh, one time I specifically remember yelling at a at a, a cast member, and I never did get what I wanted. Um, sure, we'll help you out. <laughs> See, I was I was. You know, Picture it, Sicily. <laughs> we can laugh about it now. Yeah. Uh, but we, we, um, um, he did a great job otherwise. Um, yes, and that, he did. that's the thing. You, you know, you feel bad um, in the moment. You may not feel bad in the moment, but later on, believe it or not, these things will haunt you decades later. But you know, uh, I mean, I'll go all the way back to Dan Yankees where, where I um, had some issues with an actor and I did not feel I supported him well enough because it was my choice to play the part. Other people in the cast were, for some reason, not 
in favor of him. He started picking up on that. His performance started to suffer. And I should have intervened, intervened somehow earlier to say, hey, hmm. you're the guy. You know, and I finally did give him the pep talk he needed so he could give me the performance we needed. Mm-hmm. But it was the kind of things like, you are the guy. I've picked you. I have the faith. Get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in, in all of those situations, and I, and, and I going back to the, the one that I just try to block and I do a really good job until apparently Mr. Yeoman brings it up. Um, I, but you learn from all of that. And I think if you're smart... If you're smart enough, you'll say, this was the worst thing I've ever done. I will never do this again. And you build from there. Right. And then you just find other things that you do wrong and go, oh, <laughs> I won't do that again. <laughs> and, you know, and, and continue. But it's a growing experience. And, you know, no matter how old you are, you can learn and grow from mistakes. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. <laughs> Nothing negative has been said. No, 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 no. It's just one of those, these are experiences that we have had. Oh, yeah. And we are sharing our knowledge. Yes, absolutely. Our vast, unending wealth of knowledge. <laughs> I'm going back on the Prozac after this. <laughs> Listen, but, I got to watch Star no. Trek after this. Let's get this going here. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, it, and it really is, uh, like I say, a learning process. And But, like I say, the main thing is to keep your cool, guys. Absolutely. Especially if you're, uh, I'm bringing this back to the budget. Especially if you're a director that's being paid, keep your cool, be oh, professional yeah. oh, at all times. Oh yes. I mean, we've never had that here. But if you are a paid director, you better be keeping your act, cool. Act like one. Yeah, mm-hmm. act like one. Yeah. If you're not, then throw the clipboard. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't. Don't throw the clipboard. So it wasn't you. Uh, it mm. was. It was a woman director. I remember that well, much. Well, right. I could have been screeching. You never know. <laughs> But no, uh, but back to the budget. Don't ask for money because there isn't any. There you go. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's the number one thing. That is the well, number one thing. That and that's really the thing. Is. So, so depending on your group, who develops the budget may be different sources. It may be you're asked to develop the budget to present to the board. The board picks it apart and then gives it back to you and say, here's the money you're getting. Um, and so be prepared for some haggling. You know, it's rare that anyone said, for those of you who are familiar with Waiting for Guffman, um, in I a, love that. Which, if you haven't seen, you need to go watch it. It, it pretty much sums up community theater in, in a couple hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there's a scene where he basically goes in and asks for the money that he feels he needs for a show. He goes to the town board that's putting on this centennial pageant. And they look at him and say, we don't have that much money in the budget for the entire city. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then everybody gets upset because the city council won't give him what he needs to do the quality show. But, of course, the reality was, well, there's no money. Have you seen um, it run? Yes, yes, yeah. I have. But but yeah. it's it's that kind of thing. There's there's going to be a limit because the group will only have so many resources available, and that's where you, as a director, working with the producer or whoever, need to get more creative. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, you know Joseph, we did when we were relatively flush, twenty four thousand. A few years later, we did Mary Poppins which I think is arguably, from a technical point at least, a more complex show oh with wine and everything. Oh. And we did it for less dollars, fewer dollars. Oh. Um, Damn that but we didn't, we didn't make any more money on it either. I mean, it was about the same amount. Oh. Um, but, it, but still, it was the same kind of thing, was, is we had to be more creative in what we did. You mm-hmm. know, more simplicity in some of the sets and things than, than my vision would have originally been. In fact, we, we could do a whole show on just, uh, perhaps we will, 
uh, show on things you had to do on the fly or show week to make the show work. Mm. Um, you know, when you discover that your beautiful four-piece multi-folding set just is taking five hours to open and close, <laughs> and you, can't, <laughs> you, you can't have ten intermissions to do that. So, which we can talk about maybe next time or some other time. So, uh, but it looks like we are about out of time for this episode. Once again, I'd like to thank you all for listening. Um, we do appreciate each and every one of you and your continued support. Please check out the Monroe Community Players on our Facebook page and on our website at MonroeCommunityPlayers.org. You can find more groupies fun, including the questions that we ask each week, which we haven't asked yet, by the way, mm. um, on our uh, pod, MCP podcast page on Facebook. And email us your comments and thoughts about this or any other episode at MonroeCommunityPlayers at Yahoo.com. Be sure to let us know if it's okay to read your email on the podcast. If you're making a comment on a Facebook page or wherever that's open social media, we're going to assume it's okay to read because you know the rest of the world already has. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the question for this one, and I didn't come up with a good question, so I, I, I guess but Brian has it. Who out there would like to give us some money for Mineral, from, for Mineral Community <laughs> Players? <laughs> Please just yeah. No, would true. like to give us give a some, shout out. Yeah, you know, you'll even be a prominent. You could be a, a, a promoting sponsor of the of the podcast. How even about, if it's just delivering coffee. How about we'll take coffee? I'm with that, but let's make it even more productive. <laughs> <laughs> what is your best? Um, what is your best non? Oh shoot! I lost the word already. Uh, what's your most your best out of the box idea for raising money? that people may not non-conventional way of raising money beyond tickets <laughs> no 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 that's, no. A, that's, oh, a, no, that's a really good question he, sorry was, he went into family guy mode i know what he did <laughs> oh, well, brian and i had a moment there okay uh, was a good question but yeah what, what what what's your most creative idea for raising money that can be repeated in front of the general audience there you go there it is there you oh, go this has <laughs> something to do with an ohio town Cleveland. Uh, no, 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 it doesn't. I was, I was not there. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. We tell, really need to tell us, tell us your best non-ticket way to raise revenue. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That'll work. Uh-huh. Um, but once again, the art and business of community theater has been a production of the Monroe Community, community I can't talk, production of the Monroe Community Players and was recorded high atop the Venice building at the Monroe Public Access Cable Television Podcast, also known as Impact. In the studio in beautiful downtown Monroe, Michigan, we are the Groupies. We'll see you in the green room. Well, goodbye. And don't think it hasn't been a little slice of heaven.